0: Welcome to Insert Your Tracks podcast. My name is Pete. My name is Bob. Hi, Bob. How are you today? I'm good,
1: long time behind the scenes. We haven't recorded for like a myriad of reasons for a minute, but uh, for everyone listening out there, it's just they're just getting the content week, 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 which is really nice. Yeah, they don't
0: know anything. No, it's really nice nice to
1: hear your voice. Uh, Can I tell you about my current situation? Sure. Uh, my middle finger on my left hand feels like it's broken.
0: That sucks. I can... Did, I, I, did something yeah. happen that you think you broke it, or does it just yeah, yeah. hurting out of nowhere?
1: No, I did something stupid. It's like one of those things, I'm not even going to talk about it on here, but it's like <laughs> the, uh, the definition of um, play stupid games, get stupid prizes. Uh, well, this is my stupid <laughs> prize, and... It's swollen up just a little bit around the like mid-knuckle. Um I might have just like pulled it bad. I, I don't know. But it hurts. Um Ooh. it hurts so bad. Like it hurts to close my fist with it. So uh, um, I don't I, like I, that, dude. I know, I know. A post post-recording this, I might go grab an ice pack. Um but uh but it hurts like the Dickens the yeah. dickens
0: i say peter um the, the only the only bone i've ever broken was my mm-hmm. finger actually when i was skateboarding as a kid how did it hurt so bad dude i dropped down on a half pipe i ate mm. shit i got up and my ring finger was bent at the joint oh. at the, yeah at the joint like an l shape dude Oh. And I and I got up and I started laughing because it looked insane and it didn't hurt yet, you know. When you just oh, kind of yeah, get yeah. that You're adrenaline, kind of, yep, yep. And yep. then I was like, ah, oh, nah, no, this is bad. And uh, obviously, it was broken. But that's Yo, that's uh, my one bone break,
1: dude. That's that's kind of like <clears throat> I think that's the story of of hand injuries. Is uh, they can hurt like nobody's business, but they're not necessarily crying pain. Yeah, and if someone's had a crying pain hand injury, uh, submit it and we will talk about it. I <laughs> don't believe that happened. Uh, I had a job once, Pete, um, working kind of a warehouse type thing, and uh, we were long story short, some repairs were being done, and there was this mini. Uh, what are the things that the a lift, a mini yep. lift, being put in, but the the guys who were delivering it didn't have. A drop gate, so they couldn't come up to our loading dock. Okay, so they needed help lifting it up to the loading dock. So uh, a couple guys jumped down. I jumped down. (coughs) We're lifting it up, and I've got one corner. You know, it was like four or five of us. I think there was five of us. So it was like two on the front end uh, who had kind of gotten up there, and three or four around the sides. But I was at one corner. There's a guy on other side of me, and then a guy on the other side of there, and um, we lift it up. We get it up over the lip onto the loading dock, and this mini lift, which was very heavy, like I want to say it's like nine hundred pounds or something. Yeah, the one corner just gets they the the guy next to me just drops. He's like, "All right, cool," and it just drops on my hand. Uh so my hand was pinned under it. So you know. I push it the guy one of the guys the guy who hadn't let go for me he gives it a good push and I able to s- sneak my hand out pretty quick like the end of the story no no serious damage no anything but I was running around I was just, like jumping up and down screaming lots of curse words uh, because it hurts so <laughs> bad it felt like my hand was pancaked, like, oh, like
0: God like
1: full on Looney Tunes cartoon style I'm like ah, um, yeah
0: I hate that story. Every but time no, I'm but no crying. A thing.
1: That was the thing. No yeah, crying. Sure, like,
0: sure, Every time I lift a heavy thing with a group of people, I'm always like, "This is not going to end well." Like, I <laughs> just, I just always have the, you know, the horror movie yeah, version need, of it in my head. There needs to be
1: really good communication. Like, okay, like as we're putting it down, everybody keep be aware, and you know, like, yeah, let's all be double, triple check, or just keep. like
0: the one, two, three drop. You know. <laughs>
1: Wait, do we drop on drop or on <laughs> right. three? No, yeah, um, you're
0: right. That doesn't end well either.
1: Today we are revisiting an old episode. This is a uh, one of the classic. It came from New Jersey episodes. Um, Pete, what do you want to tell me about the Halsey record, Manic?
0: Yeah, so this was this was a funny one. I mean, when we originally did it, I think the idea was again, our podcast was New Jersey themed. And we had done a bunch of episodes at that point, most of which we were, you know, familiar with in some respect, we did misfits, we did monster magnet. We did all these things that was kind of in our wheelhouse, kind of in our world. Mm. The idea with this one was to just be like, let's just do a something totally contemporary because it came out in 2020 and we were recording it in 2020 and just like, Something that neither one of us would just pick up, you know, yeah, because for we no were, other
1: reason, right?
0: Yeah, so, um, it was somewhat of an experiment, it was a fun episode, um, it was a fun listen. There are songs on this that I still have on certain playlists, um, mm. because I'm a sucker for certain genres of pop music, but uh, yeah, that was kind of the background, yeah, um, it was a fun one, and now we're going to kind of revisit it and see you know if we've gone back to it how we feel about it now and uh what's up
1: yeah so here's my first question have you gone back and listened to this entire record uh in totality since we did the episode not other than for like now yeah me neither no i did it i did it uh in preparation for this episode once um pete it wasn't super easy (laughs) dude Pop you know why? Albums. why? Yeah, it's a pop vocal album. It's a pop yeah. vocal album, and it's just uh, the audience might not know this, but I am a forty-year-old suburban dad. I don't think uh, Halsey wrote this record for me. However, couple tracks, I think. Yeah. I think the song. I think the song "Without Me" is a fantastic pop song that still gets in my head.
0: Dude, one hundred percent. That's on my playlist. It's got
1: 1.6 billion streams on Spotify. <laughs> so I, I think we're so not, not alone in that. No, it's not just
0: on my playlist. it's <laughs> not just us.
1: I think a few people listen to this episode and we're like, you know what? I got to give this Halsey gal a try. Um, I, got, I do got some things to say about this. Um, one, have you seen her episode of Saturday Night Live? As I once again reaffirmed that I am a 40-plus-year-old suburban uh, father.
0: Uh, it's funny you bring that up. I was so I was gonna say I have not listened to this album, Manic, but I did listen to the album that came after this. This oh. uh, if
1: I can't have love, I want power.
0: Yes, because Trent Reznor produced it, and I was mm. just like strictly out of curiosity. I was like, I'm gonna listen to this. Um, so I watched the live performances from Saturday Night Live, but I did not okay. watch the episode.
1: Oh, her intro was really good. So she talks about, uh, you know being from new jersey okay she's like if you don't know that i'm from new jersey my real name's ashley frangipani and it was <laughs> really funny she was funny she was good um she had good energy i think she was funny in the skits that she was a part of whatever whatever um so credit to you halsey credit to you ashley appreciate you i think it is intellectually dishonest for someone to say this is. Um not a pop vocal record. This is what it is. It just is. It's pop music. Yeah. I think it's reductive to merely scrap it away as like, oh, this is 2020 Britney Spears or what have you. I do think there's a little bit more going on with it. But at the same time, we don't need to pretend it's more than what it is. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of a clever, modern post all the stuff that's happened in music and the way music gets developed pop record. Like, I don't think this is indie pop. I don't think this is, you know, uh, you can hear notes and nods to different styles. I actually think there's some pretty clever vocal stuff she does that's fun and kind of playful but it's a pop record. It's a pop record that's a vocal vehicle for this woman who's got a pretty good voice and a pretty magnetic personality and figure, and, you know, it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. I I co-signed that 100%. I I was just looking at the songs that were on my... um, pop playlist that I just like mm. have a running kind of playlist. Hell yeah. And okay. If, what if, I'm got? In a, if I'm in a certain kind of mood, I'll just put it on, you know, on shuffle and just see what pops mm-hmm. up. So the two songs that are on that playlist from this album are without me and graveyard, which were two of the three mm. singles, which makes me think, Hey, like this is just like most pop albums. Not to say that my taste is exactly like everyone else's, but clearly mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. these two songs stand out from this record and part of the thing with pop albums. And I think she's doing her best to kind of get outside of this trope where it's just like, of like the album is a vehicle for singles, because I think that this, like with manic, there's a theme to it. You know, the lyrical content is a little deeper than I think you'd usually go Yes, there's there's definitely elements to it that like you can tell that she's trying to have it be this kind of like fully formed thing, um, and the most recent record I felt the same way, and I think she actually accomplished it more so than she did on on this record, but it's still just like, dude, the best songs are the singles, and you kind of just get the sense that they built the album around those singles in a way. Mm-hmm. So yes yeah i'm with you
1: yeah so so is this pop music yes uh would if you do not like pop music at, at all should you listen to this record no no you shouldn't no. but you should probably give pop music a chance and not take it yourself so seriously um <laughs> i'm trying to, other things i like i I think the song clementine is kind of fun and weird um without me is clearly the highlight there's a few songs where she makes references to other music. There's moments that almost feel like they're nudging into the pop of poppist country. Yeah. Which is awkward and like, but anyways, go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, there's that part. And then there's also the nudging into like the pop, like the poppiest of pop punk. Yeah. 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 yeah, Like like Avril Lavigne ish, like Mm -hmm. 3am that song. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of all over the place, but it feels, you know, she's working within a certain boundary. Um, yeah, it works. It works as an album. It's insanely long. And then like when I listen to it on Spotify, you get to this point where it's like this has been on for a really long time. And then you're like, oh, yeah. I've been listening to like the remix version and the <laughs> the second version of without me with like a different cameo on it and like, you know, whatever else. So yeah.
1: So, so everybody and, should give this a chance. I'd say at least what were you going to say?
0: I was going to say, I mean, you brought it up at first. We say all of this, we are like, so obviously not the target demographic for this oh, so it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's kind of just a moot point right so and you'll
1: you'll get to hear on the episode where we're, we try to be as positive as possible about it because we want to be open to things and i think it's a good state of being to be um this record's long even just in its original format it's kind of long but you feel that with pop records they're written uh essentially around tracks around singles and that's and they how are tracks Yeah, yeah. I mean, in search
0: of tracks, I found two on here.
1: Yeah, and And I'm happy with that. With you, Pete, you got a grade for this one. I got, I got some grades. You want to grade it in the, in search of tracks, tried and true to tradition. Oh shit, let's go. Yeah, you're you're gonna do it on the fly. I like when you do it. (laughs) Holistic quality. How good is this record? Is this a good record? Out of twenty, Pete, I gave it a ten.
0: Okay, that's strong.
1: I'm gonna give it an eight okay highs out of 10 without me seven
0: i'm giving higher i'm gonna give an eight okay
1: lows out of 10 i give it a two
0: Uh, i'm gonna give it a three
1: okay competency peer review you know this is usually where you say what do we compare it to uh there's some other stuff i gave it a six just to be generous i don't I'm not Jimmy Pop, but without me, is a good song. Some of the other tracks are misses. It's six.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, I I feel like she was bringing in some elements that, particularly at this point, were a little different. The content oh, was a little hi- different. You're give her higher. Okay. I'm gonna give her a seven.
1: Okay. Drag factor out of ten, Pete. I gave it a two.
0: Okay. Yeah, see, I differ there. I I have a really high threshold for just like pop music. I think, yeah, and I I can just keep it on in the background. I don't really. It's. I was being it's,
1: pulled it's, in. I was being pulled in by certain stuff that was bothering me as I listened to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's where I, I can be. You.
1: I want to be honest about this. It's like, I I think your pop playlist is the best idea because I could make oh, myself, great. especially the running list of it. It's like, ooh. That's a nice way to stay kind of in touch with newer music, but also not lose a couple tracks here and there. Yep. But on albums like this, I found myself drifting. So it was a two for me. I feel you. I'm going to give it a five. Flow out of ten. I did not think this record had solid flow. I think it's a three.
0: Oh, interesting. I actually think that the flow works more, mm-hmm. most of the time. I'm going to give it a six.
1: Aesthetic out of ten. Pete, I'm giving this one a seven. Because, so let me give it this uh, pretext. It's kind of just a photo of Halsey, her face. Mm -hmm. She's actually a very stunning and beautiful woman. And this photo is an interesting photo of her. It's kind of weird. And there's a lot that your eye draws to. There's elements of it where I'm like, okay, I like the colors and the color and kind of overall aura of the cover. But then I was like, wait, that's right. I look at this and there's a lot going on. It's kind of interesting. There's different stuff. So it's a seven to me.
0: Fair enough. I uh don't real. I, I, I like what she's going for with the cover. I like your description mm. of it. Mm. I look at the cover and I'm like, I don't like this cover. So I'm that's just all you need. That's I'm all you going need. going on reaction, I'm giving it a three.
1: Good. Impact and influence. I a tough one for a record that came out, you know, not that long ago. I give it a four.
0: Yeah, this is tough. I'm going to go with the same thing, for, okay.
1: And the intangible, et cetera. Is there anything else? Um, I felt warm towards the top tracks, but on the, my re-listen for this Redux, I was taken out by some of the turns and, and what felt like a little bit of, let's see what sticks, and I gave it a three.
0: Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have all that much warmth toward this. I'm going to give it a four.
1: Okay. So do your math slowly and carefully.
0: I got a 48. I got
1: a 44. That sounds about right. Everybody should listen to this nice episode and check out this record. Most importantly, check out the top tracks and uh, maybe you'll find something else. We're always in search of tracks.
2: So dark, don't know how you even see. You push right through me. It's getting real. You lock the door. You're drunk at the steering wheel, and I can't conceal.
0: New Jersey, episode nine. Um, This is the podcast where we discuss music from New Jersey. Um, If you're familiar, I think, uh, you know, not much explanation is necessary. But if you're new, um, we are kind of exploring albums that came from the state of New Jersey, all genres all over the place. Some things we're familiar with, some things we're entirely unfamiliar with. Um, So it's it's always a fun journey. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Pete.
1: And I am your other host, Bob. How's it going, Pete?
0: It is going pretty well. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What's going on with you? Uh, uh, well, uh, today was a
1: very odd day for me because I didn't really leave my house at all, which is hard for me, you know, even in uh, the uh, trademark uh, these crazy times we're living in. Um it's uh I usually get out and even if I go for a walk or do something. But today I was homebound with a few projects most of the day and and looked up before we recorded and went, huh. I uh I really haven't been outside much today. So so I'm a little off kilter, but I think I'm gonna be able to power through and and, and uh talk some New Jersey music uh just as
0: just as eloquently as if I had been lounging around outside all day. <laughs> It is definitely, it's, it's a different beast when you sit inside all day. I mean, I have a day job and I've been working inside now for a long time and, you know, my my little office in my house and actually where I'm recording now is, it's, it's actually in the basement of my house, oh, but I yeah. have uh, a little window that's like right above me that I can see to the outside. So, it's always strange because, you know, I'll know that it's a nice day out and I just imagine everyone you know sitting outside in their hammocks or at the beach or whatever they're doing um but i'm just kind of like peeking up through the darkness you know oh yeah
1: it's um it's a reminder that the mo- the world is moving along without you but uh, but yeah <laughs> you know uh, and it's it's the um old adage the person sitting behind the desk is wishing they were working outside all day the person working outside all day is dying to sit down in air conditioning all day, so uh, the
0: grass is always greener. That's, the grass uh, is always greener. It's more true the older I get, so you know, there's that.
1: I don't, I don't disagree. So, uh, <laughs> so what do we got on the docket for today, my friend?
0: So today we're going to cover an album by um, Halsey. Um, the album is called Manic, and this is my pick. The reason I chose it is because um, I felt like we hadn't covered we've covered some more contemporary albums, you know, like I think records that came out in the last two to three years. Um, but this one actually came out in January of 2020. So it's like super current. Um, we, sh- at this moment, you know, it's, uh, July of 2020. You might be hearing this in possibly August of 2020, right. but, um, that being said, you know, I wanted something really current. Um, She is huge, you know, like one of the biggest, um, singer songwriters from, um, New Jersey currently, um, possibly in pop music in general. Um, so, and I know that it was actually, it was a record that got a lot of press. I think she, you know, historically had written songs from the perspective of her kind of alter ego, which she called Halsey. Um yes. and this is kind of the first record that she had actually written from, you know, her actual self, you know, like without so any sort of alter ego um, you know, perspective going on. So I thought it would be an interesting record. Um I had heard about her, you know, I think I heard of her in like 2015, 2016. I was working for a company um that distributed um, you know, records and toys and things like that. It was basically like, um, like an online, it was like an e-commerce platform essentially. Right. Right. And I worked with a girl there and she was younger than me and into, you know, much, you know, newer, cooler music than I was. And, <laughs> you uh, know, she was all about Halsey. And I was like, who's this Halsey girl? I should check her out. And, uh, you know, I I listened to a few tracks, but honestly, I'd never listened to a full album until now. So I'm excited to jump into it. Had you had any exposure to Halsey prior to this? Um,
1: so I had I knew the name, but did not know the sound at all, really. Um, and upon listening to the album, Manic, I was like, oh, this single, Without Me, is huge. And it's kind of... Um, if you... I don't know. I don't even know what the right parlance is for this, but like in the same way as there were songs that were unescapable, you know, in ye olden day, this song's maybe right there. Like it's borderline unescapable. Like it was just everywhere. Like immediately when the chorus hit, I was like, oh, tell me how you feel. Like I was like, oh, yeah. Like this is, yeah, I know the song because yeah. it's just everywhere. Other than that, I only knew the name and I didn't know. It was one of those things where you know the song, but you don't know who's doing it. So, uh, otherwise, totally zero exposure.
0: Yeah. Cool. I like and that. This, I mean, this is a
1: New Jersey artist.
0: Yeah. Um, Edison.
1: Edison, New Jersey. How about that? Um, so, yeah. Like, um, going in, what did you... Okay. had Did you know... Uh, her material before this? Cause this is her third album, if I'm correct. Right. Yeah.
0: Third album. Um, I wasn't super familiar. No. So, I mean, for me it was, I kind of, I think I, I knew the general vibe, um, but I didn't really know what I was in for, um, you know, really as an album. I didn't know. I, I basically, I knew just through the press of it that I, that it was a more experimental album. And I actually, I saw right. an interview with her on the, um, Interview show called Hot Ones. I don't know if you're familiar. I'm not. Tell me about that. So Hot Ones is a uh, it's a YouTube show um, where the people being interviewed have to eat hot wings, um, and as the interview goes on, the the hot sauce gets progressively hotter. Oh wow! So it's it's a really it's a really great premise for a show. I think. I mean, honestly if anyone ever wants to watch the Eric Andre interview on that, it's like probably one of my favorite things ever. I've watched it a million times and recommend it to everybody. Um, Because, you know, when people are dying over hot sauce and can't really feel their tongue, (laughs) they have a, they have a hard time answering like hard hitting interview questions. So it's, I think it's hilarious. It's great, but she was on it. She was great. Um, I thought she was interesting. So it's one of the things that kind of spurred this, uh, this episode.
1: Nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah.
0: Uh, But she had talked about in that interview how this was kind of a different album for her. Um, So I was interesting, you know, I'm always interested, I think, when, and, you know, I don't know if she'd even like me calling this a pop album, but I think that she is. I would classify her as generally a pop artist. Um, Whether this is a pop album, I'm not entirely sure, but um all that being said, she was definitely trying to step away from that in this album. Um, so, it, it was interesting. So, that brings me to my my big question here. Is this...
1: this I'll make it a statement. This is a pop album, right? I think it to, is. What, yeah, yeah, it is. And I, I understand. I actually think... I can see... One, the reasons an artist would want to not be like, yeah, I'm a pop artist. And two, why creatively um, there would be a pull to be doing different things. Um, but hmm. and then then let's pivot. Since we both decided, yes, this is a pop album, um, Does does an album being a pop record automatically make it Less than or not as good as something that is more, uh, that is not labeled pop music,
0: no, not at all. But I think, I think to me, the difference now, though, is it really ends up being like a business thing where I think that if it's a pop album and it is kind of generally thought of as such, it's going to be rolled out differently you know, people are going to be introduced to it differently. Um, Yeah. And I say that because this album, there were singles rolled out over, I think it may have been like a seven month period of time. Right. Um, So by the time the album comes out, there are a lot of really popular songs that are already kind of out there in the ether. Um, And, you know, we've touched on this before, but we're old men who like think <laughs> about albums. Most yes. people don't think about albums. So like at that point, you know, when a record is rolled out, it's more or less a collection of songs, you know, it's, it's, that's right. It's a number then- of singles that you've heard before. And then it's, uh, you know, a number of songs that you haven't heard, but that are kind of there to, I, I don't want to say fill in the gaps. Cause I don't want it to, that sounds like offensive in some way. And I don't mean it to right. be like that, but like, um, you know, the heavier hitters have already been out there before. You know, that's right. Um,
1: and, and I will say this: I think that, um, I think that with pop music, uh, in the more modern parlance of that, it has often been looked at as a collection of songs, a collection of singles and less like a it's looked at a collection of short stories as opposed to a novel um and you know i think that's the failings of somebody who got into music through classic rock or rock music or or any variety of subgenres is that you are looking at a record as a novel and in reality it doesn't have to be that it can just be a collection of of little stories. Each song can be its own. Yeah. And so thankfully going into this week's episode, I kind of gave it more of that ear. Um, because I felt it was, a, I, th- I thought it was more appropriate when I was listening to this. After I listened to it the first time, the very first time I listened to manic, I had my, my grandpa album ears on, <laughs> but after that I went, okay, wait a second.
0: They're tough, me- they're tough to take off. Oh
1: God. Yeah. I have to pry them off with the spatula. Um, and and so what, what does that even look like? You know, what it looks like is that you're a little less concerned with song-to-song flow, um, even though, to be totally fair to this record, I don't think it totally fails at that, but it's, with pop music, it is a lot more disjointed than, than you'd find on, on records that are more specifically aimed at that. Um, and you kind of, you, you try to have a short memory. You go, okay, yeah. Next song. Yeah. Okay. Next song. And, and try to let them stand on their own. And, you know, I was able to do that in varying levels of success with this record.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think that there was actually like much more of an attempt on this album than I see in like your average pop album to like tie it all together in a, in a neat little bow. Um, and I also want to say like, you know, when we say pop music, uh, don't take that the wrong way. I mean, there's like a variety of influences on this album. And I don't mean to say that it's all just like, you know, typical, you know, electronic beat with yeah. like some catchy hook chorus. Cause it's definitely not that actually, you know? No, it's not, it's not that at all. But, um, I also, I mean, I think it's
1: perhaps one of the strengths and, and Pete, why I'm very happy to do this kind of podcast with you is that I don't think either of us necessarily hear the word pop music and, and uh, shy away or get shunted or, or feel the type of way about it immediately. And if if you do, please. No, I don't me.
0: at all. I mean, like it's, it's honestly one of the reasons that I was interested in doing this podcast. And, uh, I, uh, how do I say this? I'm really interested in pop music to be just because I always want to know what the kids are listening to. <laughs> um, <laughs> which makes me sound so old, but I, honestly think it's so interesting you know i mean i think that like some of the most interesting music is always going to come from people in their teens and 20s um and the music that comes from people in their teens and 20s is something that people over that age are just like i'm sorry but are incapable of doing you know um well well, and 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 is they're incapable
1: of doing and what you find is as the older you get and you know we're not grandfathers here. I am actually a father, but, but neither <laughs> of us is actually old by any any standard except that of of like underground music essentially. But yeah. But that said, what you find is that popular music in general, like what is the biggest thing that you know people in their teens and early 20s are into, by the time someone's 10 years older than that, they're starting to be like, eh, I don't get it. I don't like it, et cetera, et cetera. And, right. and that's not everyone, but that's a lot of people. And I know that's never been your energy. It's never been my energy because so much of this stuff can be really vibrant and bright, whether it's underground music or mainstream pop music. And, and I think it would be unfair to call Halsey mainstream pop music, even though, you know, it is. It is, it's, you know, it's in the same way that, like, I don't think anyone calls Nirvana never mind, like, oh, pop music. Yo, it was easily the most popular record that came out that year. Straight up pop
0: music. Yeah, for that (laughs) era. Yeah. Correct. It was the most played, most popular, et cetera, et cetera. Um, At this point, it's classic rock, which no one wants to admit, uh, you know.
1: It 100% is classic rock. (laughs) Um, When I see teens wearing Nirvana shirts, I'm like, huh, okay. Well, that's just the same as when. I was in high school and kids were wearing Led Zeppelin shirts, which, Exactly, hey, I'm with that too. So, um, so no, I think this record is pop music, but influence wise, you can see that it's pulling from a lot of wells and that kind of hits that same. We've been circling this drain right now for a while, last few episodes for sure, where I know in my vernacular, I always am kind of citing genre stuff, and um, and I try to do that at a higher level because it starts to it starts to paint a map for people. Like, okay, you can broadly say it's sort of like this, and then you f- you you zoom in and you zoom in and you zoom in and you give comparisons, and you zoom in and you zoom in and zoom in, and you get to a more specific point as well. Genres help you zoom in and give people an idea of what something is and then you give comparisons and that can help start to kind of geolocate what something is more specifically. This is not an easy record to do that with other than with the broad label of pop music.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I, um, I saw in an interview that I read was that she was talking about her influences. Cause I'm always curious, especially with a record like this that has a lot of layers um, you know, like what the actual artist is listening to. Yes. Um, and she was basically like, my mom listened to the cure Alanis Morissette Nirvana. And my dad was listening to notorious B.I.G., slick Rick bone thugs and Tupac, you know? So it's like, you can see, well, first of all, going back to the old man thing, I know that we're not old, but it's just one of those things where <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny where it's the callback is always like 20 years, you know? Oh, yeah. 20 years earlier um so that was one thing but you know it definitely has elements of all of it you know and i mean the cure like at this point the cure like they're obviously huge everybody knows who the cure well maybe not everybody knows who the cure is but you definitely know cure songs you know um
1: yeah yes
0: they're they got seeped into
1: the culture enough through uh i mean They probably have five to seven like straight up songs that are played on the radio even today.
0: Yeah, definitely. But it's, but it's one of those things too. where like, I love the cure, but you know, some of the cures biggest albums have a lot of tracks that like they probably just recorded because they needed to fill an album out, you know? So, you know, they were a pop band just like any other, you know, pop band i think um yes uh and this they is had something si- that, they had singles that people, people were responding to i think they probably had record label pressure to just like get the album out you know and as a result some of the albums may have you know been affected by that and i think that that's like a lot of things have changed in music but i i think that that probably hasn't you know and i'm not i'm not even saying that the halsey record suffers from that I I, because it it really feels actually like this album she had a like complete creative control and was able to kind of do what she wanted with it um yeah who knows but like uh it's just to make the point that you know pop music is not just like electronic dance music it's you know it's kind of evolved over time you know
1: yeah no I I think that's a really good point Um, So, uh, and and if anyone's doubting that this is pop music, um, uh, Rolling Stone, you know, that that ancient, antiquated former magazine, uh, gave the 50 best albums of 2020 so far. And in the top five, firmly entrenched is the Halsey Manic album. So,
0: kind of cool. There you go.
1: So, let's go into actually what we thought of the record when we listened to it.
0: So... What I thought was that there were definitely like shining moments. I mean, there were there were songs on this that I actually like. Um, I don't even know if I should admit this, but I make <laughs> I make <laughs> this is another old man thing. I make seasonal mixtapes for myself. Nice. Um, so every season, I make a collection of songs that you know I was listening to at the time, and the kind of logic behind it is that. I, I have tapes that I made in like summer of 2008 and I can listen to that mixtape and you know, it kind of brings me right back to where I was at that point.
1: Takes me um, away to another place.
0: Yeah, it really does. Um, and it, it kind of jogs memories that I, you know, wouldn't have remembered otherwise. So it's something that I like to do. It's kind of like my own little tradition that I do for myself. Um, there are songs from this album that are on it. I'm nice. not gonna lie. So I mean, like, there are definitely tracks that I liked. I think that, um, my, you know, again, I feel like there should be a meme of me at this point, just being like the album is too long, but like, that's, you know, I always feel that way. Basically. Um, I feel like it could (laughs) have been, it could have been like 40 minutes and it was, it was like 50 minutes or so. Um, that's right. That's right. So so it's a little long for me. I think there could have been some songs that were cut, but, uh, Overall I thought it was it was strong I think it was someone like really wearing their heart on their sleeve putting it all out there experimenting and I think that like is the kind of thing where I think the next album she will have figured out kind of what worked from this and the next album will be stronger as a result of that
1: Yeah uh my feeling is this was a superior Pop record. Um, uh, The only true complaints I have with it are the things I could say about almost any pop record, and I'm not going to keep circling with that. But I'm I'm trying to highlight it just here. Is that so? There, the flow can be lost here and there. There are songs that are like, "Mm, this one didn't hit me as strongly, but then there are songs that you listen to and you're like, oh, this is cool. This is raw, or it feels emotional. But beyond that, you know, like, why does that matter? Because in a real sense, I'm not personally resonating with all this very much. But you can connect to the energy and the uh, personality that comes off this. I think this record really shines in those moments. And uh, and it's it's impressive to do that because a lot of times, especially for someone with with my kind of ears... I feel a more personal attachment with things that are coming from a smaller place. Uh, the production's not as big, et cetera. So, so you almost have to harness personality to push a record, to touch people better. This record has got the cleanest part of production you could imagine. I, you know, who knows what, there's a gold plated studio. I, I'd imagine, but her personality shines through. Um, and you can feel that incredible voice, incredible talent. And, um, some tracks for sure. Uh, I can't. I, I couldn't break it all down necessarily, but like, there's some really impactful songs and stuff. That's like, whoa, okay, you know. In I, I will call back to the Scissor record where we were talked about how struck we were by the emotional honesty. Um, I think this record doesn't get quite as raw nerve as that one d- does, but this hits some spots playfully. And kind of in a kind of rat-a-tat way, does neat things with the lyrics that that uh, that I didn't expect, and I, I was I was really pleased with it, and that separate it from something that's just that's just a pop record.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. What do you think about going through uh, track by track? We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. All right, let's do it. So, opener, Ashley. My thoughts, super strong. Um, I actually love this as an opener. Um, really lush electronic beat. Um, but the the kind of intensity in the chorus, I feel like it really hints at like, what is to come. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was super strong.
1: Ashley um, pulled me in right away. I, I liked that song a lot. Um what was interesting was that i saw when i heard that i was like oh ashley halsey just you know the letters all mixed up even though when i was doing some research i was like oh no it's it's a reference to the street in new york um more so that's smart
0: i did not even think about that but you're right oh yeah
1: yeah yeah i always i always <laughs> i always invert letters and stuff all the time so there you so go. when she she wrote the, the song title ashley i was like yeah so that song really pulled me and it was one of yeah, it, what got me on that one was that it kind of moves quick and but pulled me in all the same. You know, kind of like was cemented me on the record.
0: So we're keeping that if we're if we're record label execs. Yeah, yeah. We're keep it. We keeping it. That ditch it. We're keeping cool. It. Um, Clementine, what do you think? This one, not as much for
1: me. Yeah, uh, I th- I think it kind of was a little more downbeat. And I like it when she's got more energy. So I wasn't into it.
0: Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. Um, I feel like she got a little bit too experimental, too quick. Um, I think the next song could have been like, had a little more energy. She like, it kind of starts on a like down note and she brings it almost further down. I think she could have brought it up a little bit as an album. As a song, it also like, trying to, you know, take my old man headphones off, um, as a song. It just, it also just doesn't really resonate with me. It's like kind of, uh, it's a little, it it feels like she's kind of talking her way through it. It's like a more, you know, confessional song. Um, her voice in it. One of the interesting things about me, not to pull it out too much, you know, but like this album, I feel like she does a lot with her voice. I mean, she has a great, great voice. Um, but there are certain songs where her voice reminded me of, you know, other singers. Mm-hmm. But then, like the next song, you know, it didn't really remind me of that singer that I was thinking of. So, like for oh, this no, song, yeah. this song, like I thought of a singer called Kate Nash, who's an English musician. Yeah, I actually saw her. Kate Nash, yeah, yeah, she's good. Um, I saw her do a set with Billy Bragg actually about ten years ago. Um, oh wow, interestingly enough. But she, you know, it, it kind of this like really confessional talking through the song, but it's also like kind of a punk or like, I don't know, it, it does feel kind of punk in a way in terms of spirit, mm-hmm. but like um, kind of talking through her emotions and things. Um, it reminded me of Kate Nash, but I, and I like Kate Nash, but I didn't really love this song.
1: So this is a ditch it. We'll say track two Clementine Ditch. Yeah, Ditch. ditch. Yeah. Track three, I'm keeping. I like Graveyard a lot. Um, sort of go in. Okay. So sort of reminds me in a weird way. Um, are you familiar with Dido? Yes. Okay. So there's a lot of elements of this where she hits center. Like if she wanted, um, could pull into center and go more in the Dido direction where it's kind of like more electronic focus, and, and go there with a supreme voice, vocal talent over it. And I thought that was kind of where it was for me on this song. Um, but still catchy. The hooks were good. Um, kind of a weird song at the same time, but but this one I was all in on. Like This one I, I was feeling.
0: Yeah, it's funny because this is straight up my favorite song on the album. Um,
1: nice all right good
0: (laughs) yeah i think um for me the the dido thing is interesting i didn't even think of that i was thinking of ellie golding um, oh sure yep who um is i think a british singer i could be wrong i'm sorry um but she uh is you know one of those people that I'm going to sound old, but you would know her songs if you heard them. They're they're, they're hits. Yeah, um, that,
1: that's the way I know her. It's just yeah, much um, like much like the single off this record. Yeah,
0: right. Exactly. So like, um, I had I actually lived in Eastern Europe for two and a half three years, and while I was living there, it was around 2008 2010. Um, I really developed a, an appreciation for like a certain type of pop music. Um and yes. I can't really explain it, but it's like it's a thing that is like huge in Europe, but it just doesn't really fly yes. as much over here. Um so I call it euro pop. I don't even know what it would be classified as, but this to me like it it was like exactly what I wanted well, um, yes. from that sort I, of genre. Yes, um,
1: it's it's it, I mean, I think I put Dido squarely in that lane of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure pop is a real thing and yeah, um, yeah i i think that that's where i was like oh this halsey record could be huge everywhere you know i think she
0: and, is yeah i mean she is huge everywhere when i think you start so,
1: seeing some of the names who are writers on this there's a lot of uh scandinavian names and i'm like oh okay yep yeah yep, that makes sense okay yep. some ogs some laws you know so it's like oh yeah holyberg yeah.
0: you know yeah they know how to do it over there <laughs> yes they do um <laughs> So, so uh, uh, this was your
1: favorite song on the record. Good. It's it's certainly right there for me. Yeah. Um, I mean
0: just it, that it sort of like dark, one. lush kind of production. I like it sounds great in a club, even though I am not the one to kind of go to clubs really. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also sounds great like on headphones walking around the city. So smooth listen. Um
1: yeah. you know, it just uh Quite often we use the term this just washes over me as kind of a diss or a di- not a diss, but a dig and say, eh, you know, it just doesn't stick. Um this washes over me in the best kind of way because it just feels like it's just very smooth and you can kind of immerse yourself into it and then you come out of it feeling lighter, like, okay, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, you should be sad, and this is kind of where we can get into the vocal talk. I think she takes the vocals. And attacks them from a different angle on this one, Mm -hmm. certainly from from graveyard. And uh, there's more there's more inflection. Uh, There's a little more, you know, not sass, but you know, personality up front. She pitches, she peaks a little bit higher, and um, and it feels there's no country in this song and there's no twang, but I almost feel like there's some vocal cues that are coming from, from uh, female country vocals Mm -hmm. that I would cite in this song. You should be sad, which uh, doesn't stray too far from conceptually from the the content either.
0: Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, uh, One of the things that I thought about was uh, there was a guy named, Avicii. Um, and again, our, I know that our listeners at this point come from uh, kind of all over, um, every different kind of genre, you know, people who are older, younger, everything else. So I say all of this, if I'm making caveats, like, and you know who this is and I sound like an idiot, I'm sorry, but whatever. Um, Context so VG good. It's was, so important, you know, to give people that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, Avicii, Swedish electronics musician, um, he died of an unfortunate suicide, R.I.P., in uh, 2018. Um, but he he's one of those dudes that produced records, made songs that, you know, if you're not familiar with the name, you would like undoubtedly know not only his songs, but songs that he produced. Um, it's one of those songs that I heard where I was like, oh, that dude, like, had like really lasting influence, you know, where it's kind of, it's like dance music, but like based on kind of like folky, like there's like a folky element to it, you know? Yep. Um, And this was, this to me just reminded me of like something that he would have produced had he still been alive, you know? Um, I think it was a good song. It, her, her, I said Ellie Goulding about the last, Mm-hmm. Song, the last song. I think the production reminded me of Ellie Goulding, but this one, like her voice, actually sounds exactly like her to yeah. me. Um, but yeah, I I, I like the track. I didn't I didn't love it, but I think um, it's a keeper to me. I yeah, keep it's it. Cool. It's cool. Keep it. The next two,
1: "Forever" is a long time, and Dominic's interlude. If you want to split them up, please. I'm not in love with either. "Forever" is a long time. Feels just kind of like. Like a uh, hey, we need we need a track, okay? Yeah, and mean, then Dominic's interlude is quite quite literally an interlude. It's pleasant, it's fine, it's but it's not do, it's not moving the needle for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, forever is a long time. It's it's literally split in half, where it's like it starts, you know, with her actually singing, and it feels like it's going kind to of build into a song, and then it kind of turns into like straight vibe. Like it's it's this really beautiful like kind of melancholy piano piece that yes. it kind of breaks into, but. Yeah, I mean, um, it's cool. I don't know. And then Dominic's interlude, um, yeah, it sounds like it kind of it. It made me feel like it was an ELO song at first, and then <laughs> it turned into like a Beach Boy song. Yeah, it was, it, it was just kind of weird. Like, I get what she was trying to do. She was trying to just like break it up and like have it kind of flow. But for me, like, I feel like you can lose them.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, that was it. Was nothing to me. Um, I hate
0: everybody do you want to start on that um it was you know breakup song familiar kind of sentiment um but i don't know it didn't really hit me i mean to me honestly this one kind of washed over me in the way that is not as complimentary
1: yes uh this one to me uh is the most there's some um modern r b cues some of the piano type things vocally she's hitting these spots that fall between like 90s RB b and then like early 2000s pop um you know the kind of thing that you'd hear that's like oh this is a you know Vanessa Carlton almost you know <laughs> like it's like okay this is a pleasant song but if I listen to this album I'm not gonna I'm not gonna vibe but um like or, or you could put, go, oh, this could clearly be pulled apart and used as a laundry commercial, um, yeah. like a fabric softener kind of thing. <clears throat> um, like, oh, yeah, this is the, the commercial with the clouds dancing in it. Okay. Uh, didn't didn't do anything for me. But yeah, content-wise, I think there was supposed to be a contrast in the kind of softness to the song. And then the, I hate everybody. You know, like, um, yeah, it's a ditcher for me.
0: Yeah. Same. 3 a.m. Um, this is one that it's really hard for me to take my old man headphones off. I'm not going to lie because it's one of those songs that I think to my ears, I was like, this is the hit. This is the biggest song on the record. But I also yes. know that I'm old and my sentiments are different. Right. So like, I think this song would have been huge in the nineties. Um, Agreed. but I don't, know, I don't even think that it's the biggest song, you know, like it's, it's definitely not one of the biggest songs on this record. Yeah, like the um it has this real like it feels like I mean th- there's like a live band playing. Yep. Um it um I don't know. It uh it it feels like I could have seen it on a Beavis and Butthead episode. I I, I um could have been a
1: soundtrack song. You know, like uh, oh, this sure. could have been a soundtrack song and like 10 uh, Things I Hate About You for sure. Um, She's all that. Yeah. She's all that for sure. Um, yeah, there's a there's a vocal kind of like, uh, you know, scat like that's super memorable. And yeah, I, like to me, this is a keeper. Um, I don't know if it totally resonates, but it's it's like, wait, how come this wasn't a single, you know? Because I'm here in yeah. single. Yeah, I mean, um, it might not be my lead single, but this would have been a good single to like break third market, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do know that. I think um, she was hit up on Twitter a lot about this, just like the idea being like, was this actually real? Like, were you actually, you know kind of texting people at 3am and she actually came out and said like, yeah, it was like, I wrote this like when I got home from the bar basically. Um, and I like, I wanted to talk to people because I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts, which is something that I think is super relatable in general. Um, at this point I'm typically asleep at 3am. So for me, not super relatable, but you know, um,
1: but i think everyone's been there at one point the For sure uh, yeah
0: middle of the night like oh, I'm by
1: myself feeling all right um the next track and that's all a keeper right 3m we're in on
0: super totally a keeper yeah i think it's a good song maybe a top three song on the record um yeah.
1: without me this is the big hit
0: without me where, uh with, second favorite say? song on the record
1: okay good yeah, yeah
0: it comes comes right after graveyard
1: Super catchy, like almost undeniably catchy. Uh, Did you know Justin Timberlake worked on the song? I did not know that. Jay Timberlake. Um, This is a song that you're going to hear. If, uh, you know, like it's almost like I'm trying to think because I'm like, you know, it's not something where I heard it on TV. I don't listen to the radio anymore, but it's almost like it's bumper music for YouTube ads or something. You know, like it's just, you're going to hear this song. Um,
0: Yeah. I actually, I re- i read a not-so-complimentary review that um, made me think of something. It was, it well, it didn't make me think of something, but it, it mentioned the fact that it's, it's the songs that you hear when you're in an Uber or a Lyft. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Too. Which, you know, <laughs> it's fine. You know, I mean... Some people like it. Some people don't. But it's just like it's acceptable to everybody, essentially. That's
1: right. That's right. And I mean, I think it's um, certainly hits that kind of like dancier side of the Europop thing that we've talked about. Yeah. Um, But I mean,
0: for me, it's like... It's it's the kind of more melancholy like pop music that I can totally get down with. I actually really like this stuff. Like if the whole album had been composed of graveyard and like without me type songs, I would be I would be in. Agree. Uh, now the left
1: turn from that song, uh, the track finally beautiful stranger.
0: Yeah. Um, cool. I would have dropped it. Honestly, um, <laughs> this is it, the, yeah, this I, is the I, I like, like guitar. It could have been, been another like nine. I think, I th- I feel like in the nineties, it would have been like a hit. And I think that like, she's wearing her influences on her sleeve. Yeah. which is Interesting. Um, really confessional again. I mean, the whole album was confessional, but, um, I don't know. It didn't really hit it for me. <sighs> it's,
1: it sort of falls in this space. Um, Hmm. 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 Uh, Fiona Apple comes to mind. Um, yeah, uh, who, who I was, was thinking Lannis Morissette. I was thinking um, a, a, a slight Amy Winehouse kind of vibe on there too. Yeah, um, you know this this like dark, soft, pretty song that's pretty simple, but like clearly is still like pop sensibility. Um, I actually wouldn't, I wouldn't ditch it. I'd keep it. I was all right with it. All right. The Alanis interlude. And this one's kind of like sort of, I don't This was the only other thing that I really came across with this record where I was like, huh, that's interesting, which is the, the lyrical content on this song kind of struck a, struck a chord. Okay. Do you know anything about this? I don't really know. Okay. So it, um, the lyrics are cause he and she is her and her and he are loved. And I have never felt the difference cause he and she is her and her and he are loved a child in all these labels. So it's sort of, um, in this kind of interesting way where, uh, identity politics and sexual gender ID kind of things are are really big. Um, this, some, some, People came out and were like, hey, this is like a, a bisexual anthem, you know, and I actually think that's cool. I, I thought it was a, a neat note on the song. The song itself, to be very honest, take it or leave it, I, I was didn't really move me one way or the other, um, even though I was I went into it excited as an Alana's head. Um, but I did appreciate the note on that. and was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I, I always appreciate it. Whether that was the artist's intent or not, if it kind of made a a positive uh, arrow tilt for 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 people who are, are still quite a marginalized group in this country,
0: for sure. I'm all about the message. I didn't know that at all. Um, yeah. I think that's great. Um, but the track—is it a track? Yeah, it's not a track for me. Not a track. All right. Um, uh, and I mean, I, I I did think. I mean, again, it's just one of those things where I'm like wow, like she really like was listening to Alanis Morissette and the way that like when you and I were kids, we were listening to like yes. Zeppelin, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's so funny. So like, yeah, she got Alanis on the track, which just which like a big get, you know, it's great. Um, but yeah, as a track, it just really didn't do much for me. Yes. The next song killing boys. This is Dido to me. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. I mean, it had that kind of, like Timberland was getting big at the time. Um, and to me, it was like Timberland production. Um, oh, sure, for sure. Yeah, reminded yeah, me that of that like Kind of like, like weird yeah, subtle w- drum stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. Like it would have been on like Timberlake records at the time or like Dido records at the time. Um, a little darker, a little sped up, but like um, at the same time, and I like Timberland in general, but uh, song didn't really grab me. I don't know. It's
1: okay. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. My my record might
0: be a little longer
1: than yours. I think All it right.
0: is. My records are always short, dude. You should know that. Yo, I mean both our records are always short, but I'll even cut part. songs that I like. I just I want it to be a short record.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm yo, uh there's no... brevity in the modern era is very important. Uh Sugar's interlude.
0: So this one, um I think it's super cool. Like so Suga is from a group called BTS who are a K-pop band, uh South Korean pop group. Yes. Um, that genre has, you know, kind of slowly been making waves in America. They're kind of like breaking through at this point. I think it's like kind of established, established that they have already broken through, um, yep. which is great. I think um, that being said, again, it's one of those things like, I'm I'm into kind of the vibe of it, but like as a track, I don't know. Um, it it kind of felt like a bridge. Like it didn't really feel the the vibe of the song was cool. It was like vibey, but I don't know. As a track, I feel like it didn't really contribute all that much. Yeah, and maybe that's why they're
1: tagging the interlude tag on these because it's like, yeah yeah these almost feel incomplete. Yeah, I'm with it. This song didn't didn't move me at all. It just was it was fine. It was just um many times when you listen to music is there anything that pulls you in what is it you try to think about it and nothing nothing grabbed me on this one
0: yeah more next song more um i would say it's a keeper uh cool vibe um i feel like it basically accomplished what it, it accomplished like the vibe that they were going on or going for on Sugar's interlude, the song before it, yeah. Um, but it had like a better hook, and I felt like it actually took you to a place, you know, that the interlude didn't. Which I guess that's why it's an interlude. But um, <laughs> that's right. better hook. All right, um, I would keep it. It wasn't. It wasn't one of my favorite tracks, but like, but I would keep it. I think it's strong.
1: Better hook. Um, the softer part of that song did nothing for me and kind of felt like. Like, uh, toe tap Sonic the Hedgehog toe tap through the pop album to me. Um, so I was, I was out. Um, talk about old man references. I, well, yo, come on, man. The kids got memes. Is um, Sonic still around? Yeah, yeah, man. Right. he just had a major motion picture last year, buddy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was such a hit. Yo,
1: do you know the whole story with that? Could go on a very
0: weird sidebar. Yeah, no, um, I'm happy to. I mean, I know, well, I know that they they put out the trailer and the animation on it was so bad that they literally like made all their, you know, animators work overnight for like three weeks to completely redo the whole movie. Yes. Um, But how the movie ended up doing, I I have no idea. Is it even out? Uh,
1: It came out. It's, it's um, um, it did pretty well. Uh, Let me pull this off. Did you see it? I did not see it. It did. um, (sighs) Wow. Wow. Um, it did 306.8 million uh, worldwide box total, 146 in the US, 160 uh, globally. Um, let's see. I want to see if I can get the. Did Sonic. Okay. No, did Sonic. Ch-ch-ch. Against all odds, Sonic wasn't a financial failure. Opening theaters the past weekend, easily took the top spot at the box office, setting a new all-time record for largest opening weekend for a video game adaptation. Wow. First and foremost, Sonic the Hedgehog is considered a good movie. Pretty sure it opened Valentine's weekend. Open on Valentine's actually. And a friend took his fiance, and they were going basically because they never do anything for Valentine's. And we're like, you know what? Let's go do this. This is silly. Let's go see Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> Valentine's Day. And they went and they said, yo, it was good. <laughs> so, uh, wow. so, right. let's see, and let's the, the question everyone's coming to us for will there be a Sonic movie, Sonic the Hedgehog 2? What's your guess?
0: Uh, no.
1: Yes, there is. It got no surprise. On May twenty-eighth, two thousand twenty, Paramount and Sega uh, officially confirmed that Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is in development with the director and both writers returning.
0: Wow. Wow. Is Jim Carrey coming back?
1: Oh wow. That's that's the question everyone needs to know. Um, let's see. Uh, I guess I guess I will click this link to see about <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um <laughs>
0: No I just don't word. remember the last time I saw Jim Carrey in a movie, and I thought it was so funny that he would come back for that movie.
1: All right. Well, you know what? Uh, if we if we start a sidebar Patreon, we might need to do uh, a song of the Hedgehog, the movie deep dive. Yeah, yeah. deep dive. So, um, get your get your ears ready for
0: that. Um, back to Halsey. Um, <laughs> still learning. Uh, I like this track a lot, actually. Um, I would keep this. Again, it kind of kind of that like darker pop vibe. Um I would it's it's probably in my top 5 of the album. So yeah, I would definitely keep it.
1: Man, you you have now I think you've eclipsed my length because More and Still Learning didn't really do too much for me. I, I okay. just didn't move the needle. However, the last song, 929, did. Um and it's kind of funny because the first time I heard it, I was like, I don't know about this but it's uh, it's manic it's silly it's light it's almost dreamy in certain parts of it um, but I liked it because I thought it was kind of this interesting reflection of the artist and uh, again had that emotional honesty and rawness that I appreciate um, even in uh, dreamy pop music
0: yeah yeah I mean she definitely like pulls the curtain back on this one um, even talking about like, you know being a pop star and buying a house and you know yeah trying to escape you know thinking that like having money is gonna figure it all out and obviously it never does um yeah it's interesting i mean um i i i I did feel like it was a perfect closer especially when you you know kind of lined it up against the the opening song um yo
1: agree really good point
0: yeah so cool song i would keep it yeah Yo, and I felt the same way actually. Like when I first heard it, I, w- I was not super into it, but I listened to the album probably three times in full. And I was by the end, I was in. I was like, this actually is like a perfect encapsulation of like everything that happened on this album. So I don't think it's fair for us to say this should
1: be an entry point. But if you've never heard Halsey, I think this is a fine place to start. Like, yeah, um, I don't know if you like some of the things we reference, it's worth checking this record out. Yeah. Um, If you're here because you really liked our Monster Magnet episode, (laughs) uh, this might not be for you. That said, um, I had more fun listening to this record than I expected. Uh, I found more depth in it. And overall, pretty good. Solid, solid listen.
0: Yeah, I think... um Cut 20 minutes off. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to Bob's point, you know, if you listen to the Misfits episode and Monster Magnet episode, and that's what you're here for, like yeah. yeah, and you're not interested in like what's happening in the contemporary music world, like don't even bother. But like Oh, hey, good point. Really good point. But that being said, uh, I think, you know, I don't know. People I, I think, you know, in my worst moments as I've come of age, I've thought of pop music as being like kind of vapid and like having really no purpose. But I think this record like completely, it's just one of those records that completely disproves that. I mean, like these are people writing songs that have feelings just like everybody else. And they're expressing them in ways that might not sound like the misfits, but they sound like what they want it to sound like, you know? So I think like, check it out. There might be something that, uh, that you relate to, you know, for sure. For sure. I
1: think this, you know what, and maybe it's even a better compliment. I think this record might open doors, uh, for someone who is young and discovering music to peek at other types of stuff they might like, because there is like, uh, this could be seen as a negative or a positive. The record jumps around a bit. There are a lot of different sounds happening. Um, And when the cohesion is found, I'm with it. And sometimes some of the more eclectic stuff works and sometimes it doesn't. However, to young ears, that can often spell like, hey, I really like this song. Let me try to find music like this. And that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely a lot of directions you can take from this. So yeah, check it out.
1: All right. Well, yo, um, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, You can reach us by email at
0: it came from njpod@gmail.com, at gmail.com and on social media on instagram facebook instagram twitter at it came from nj um we've been loving everything that you guys have been sending thank you for all the compliments thank you for all the feedback thank you for all the uh recommendations oh and uh,
1: and yeah uh because some of you already clued into this but the like rate and review thing that does matter so that's cool appreciate that Um, and we'll be back with you guys uh, not too long with some more cool music from New Jersey
0: see you next time thanks
2: Just running from the demons in your mind Then I took yours and made them